Hey there, this is Kevin Scott. I'm the writer of Dooku Jedi Lost, and you're listening to the Living Force Podcast. Welcome to the Living Force Podcast. Hey, BD1. I'm Cal. A Utini production. Never known a forgetful droid. Episode 39, Jedi Fallen Luminous. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. A hollow what? On this episode... A holocron. It stores information, but only accessible to Jedi. The next book is announced for the Legends Look Back podcast. Careful over there. That doesn't look safe. An update on Project Luminous. Healing stem. You're full of surprises. And a deep dive into Jedi Fallen Order. What is that? And now, here are your hosts. Get off my sofa! Get, get off my sofa! Go. Get out of there! Get out! Dr. Corey Helton and Eric Eilerson. Do you have any idea how hard it is to get oil stained out of patoli weed fabric? Oh, man. All right, we're pushed. We are pushed. Take man. two. It wouldn't be tradition if we didn't have some technical difficulties. Exactly. We'll see if anyone comes back. Oh, so oh. we got some, we got some live folks in here. Adam Dyson. That's there he right, is. That's right, Adam. What's up, man? Long time to see. We got to play some Battlefront soon, boy. Yes, man. I have been uh, not playing actually. That's been that's been the change. <laughs> if I don't play with the Utini crew now, I just don't boot it up. Yeah, I'm this. I'm the same way. I'm like, yeah, I don't really feel like. I don't really feel like getting on and contacting everybody and trying to arrange a game. Like, uh, I just won't play. I'm a loser. Yeah, you are a loser, and I'm a loser, and we are two losers that, my friends, are on episode 39 of the Living Force podcast. Welcome, everybody, in in the chat and listening at home. I am one of your hosts, Eric Eilerson, and with me, as sometimes is Dr. Corey Helton. Hey, man, welcome back. What's up? Thank you, man. Back from the dead. Holy smokes. Don't get the flu, folks. Get your flu shots. Wash your hands. Free medical advice from Dr. Helton. Holy Uh, crap. Yeah, you were KO'd for days. And unfortunately, uh, our sacrifice for getting you back was sending Charles back to the depths of wherever he is. He's not sick, everyone. He's okay. Um, He's but, in the ICU, but not as a patient. <laughs> right, right. So uh, if you feel that the hashtag Where's Charles movement can come back in full force, because uh, I guess we can't get the three of us on a show anymore. Apparently. It's so apparently sad. And but, I, then I'm, I'm going to night shift like next week, so maybe we'll do it on the weekend or something and make it work. We'll yeah, see. well, we're going to have to because next week is supposed to be our first episode of our Queen's Shadow Roundtable, man. That's oh, next episode. Smokes. Oh, that's gonna be that's gonna be tricky. I'm traveling next weekend too. Oh man, that's gonna be so hard. <laughs> audiobook, man. I got you the audiobook. Yeah, audiobook. I know. Well, I haven't. I'm not worried about not reading it. I started listening to it today, and I will say, holy smokes! I've only read like listened to like five or six chapters so far, but mm-hmm. the audiobook is very good. And any oh, book that I yeah. I don't feel like like I just absolutely loved, I think I'm going to just listen to the audiobook immediately afterwards. Like I want to go back and listen to Alphabet Squadron now because it's a great I one. Got, I like that one the least out of all of us, and man, some things just hold their hold their tone better with audio for some reason. I don't know why that is. Audiobooks, I feel, are in such a renaissance now because people are finally realizing that it's not lesser than reading. It's just a different mm-hmm. kind of reading, yeah. uh, but I'm glad. I'm so glad that yeah. it's working better for you. Uh, Catherine Me Tabor, too. my friend, if you don't know, the voice of Padme in The Clone Wars does the audiobook for Queen Shadow, and it's dope. Mm. Uh, it so is. You, so it's yes, very, looking very in good. our... Uh, in our chat, Adam Dyson did put that. We also got Trevor is here, Juliana's here, Colin's here. 
uh, he would love a medical advice segment on every podcast, Corey. So if we can <laughs> have a few more of those. <laughs> Get your flu shot. That's what you should do right now. It's not too late. I gave my wife a flu shot when I had an active viral load. That did happen. <laughs> what a sentence that is. So other than giving your wife a viral load, Corey, how's the rest of your week been? Now that you've well, been, been back it's been okay. breathing. Everybody is very, very sick right now at work. Um, we had uh, a couple of medical students working with us today. So like, you know, when you're on a residency teaching service, there are frequently medical students that rotate through and stuff. So, um, you know, we teach them like as we're doctoring, we teach them stuff. And um, both of them were super sick today, coughing their heads off. One of them had the flu. I made them wear a mask to go see all the patients. Um, then, then my senior resident got super sick today. So I've, been, I've just been breathing in germs all day, which I'm a little germaphobe in, in the wrong line of work to have. Yeah, that you're phobia. a doctor who's a germaphobe. Not great there, my dude. <laughs> that's, that's right. So I, I just had a, <laughs> a lot of anxiety all day long, just about all the sick breath I was breathing. But other than that, it's been pretty good. Um, that's good. Don't worry. That's just the rest of your life. So that's right. Pretty much the rest of my life. Um, been enjoying some Star Wars content lately. Why I had the flu, I watched. Uh, like I've been gradually watching the clone wars a little bit here and there and really slowly took me to get through the first two seasons i pounded out the last four seasons of the clone wars while i had the flu just with nothing else to do which is incredible um, like yeah guys Corey was texting me and charles and saying i think i'm gonna start the clone wars and a couple days later you're like i finished the clone wars what do i do <laughs> I watched the season of Rebels too, man. That's like, I just right. didn't do anything. I didn't. I did not leave the bed. Like not really, except to like pee for a solid four days. Like Caitlin miraculously did not get sick. Like it's a miracle. Like every time she would come in, uh, I'd make her wear a mask. I didn't leave the room. Like she was kind enough to like bring me meals and stuff. So like, Jeez. like I really did quarantine myself because I didn't want her to have to get it because she didn't get the flu shot early enough. Um, so like by some miracle, she didn't get it. So I literally did not leave my bed or the, my room for a solid four days. Like it was super miserable. Um, well, I'm but... glad you're back. Um, I had nowhere near as exciting of a week. I went back to work. I started the, playing the Witcher three again. Hmm. Uh, I did that thing where I'm like, Oh, I'm going to play for a couple hours. Now looking ahead, I don't know when I'm going to get another two hours to continue playing it, but that was a, a fun little start for me. Uh, nice. no flu yet. Knock on everything. Um, uh, yeah. and you're, another... you're around kids and stuff cause you teach. So like, yeah, man, they your are immune awful. system is probably better than mine. <laughs> Dude, the amount of like antibacterial whatever's and like, I always stick in the, the substitute teachers have a lounge at my school where we like hang out between assignments. And I am in there every time that I'm not in class because I don't want to hang out anywhere where kids can possibly be. Yeah. Uh, cause they're gross. Yeah, They're absolutely gross. <clears throat> Kids are gross. Uh, a couple more shout-outs in the chat here. We got Captain Britain himself come in. Uh, we got Carol Jacks and Alex Colster says, hey, everyone, first time viewing the podcast live. Welcome. Nice. Welcome, guys. This I hope it. you have a good this time here. Like. Participate. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Oh, sorry, I'm, I meant to say I'm, uh, this is what we look like. Some of us. Some of us look different. Nice. Thank you. Nice. Speaking first of that. Quote of the night. Oh, it will not be the last, my friend. We... Uh, because we were, we had our our previous rec previously recorded show a little while back, and our shows have been a kind of back and forth a bit. We've missed a couple patron shoutouts because we got some new patrons since like the end of last year, and I want to give some shoutouts. Uh, so first <clears throat> of all, we Absolutely. got Chase coming in, came in in late December. Thank you for joining us, Alex Co Alex K Alex Colster, uh, viewing the show, man. What's up? Welcome. Thank you for becoming a patron of the show. We got Timothy Guthrie joining in there. We got an, a third Adam coming in. Um, 
You're everywhere. <clears throat> we love the Adams Adam. on this show. We're very pro Adam. We do. Um, and then we got Zachary Nelson coming in just a couple hours ago at the time of this recording. Uh, so welcome. Thank you guys so much. This yep, is it. Absolutely. If you guys haven't already, <laughs> find our Discord. Uh, you should jump in our Discord and chat. We have conversations all day long. It's super active. It's a lot of fun. Jump in there. Say hello. Introduce yourself. Uh, there's an introductions channel where you can kind of read all of our Star Wars stories and kind of what brought us here, which is really fun. So jump in there. Tell us what you're all about. We'd love to have you. Absolutely. And a couple of you... Uh, updates on the podcast for you folks. Uh, we were already teasing because we just can't help ourselves. Our upcoming Queen's Shadow Roundtable. Y'all, the next two episodes. You want it. You got it. It is coming. We are all in the midst of reading the book or listening to the book. We can't wait. You already got, I guess, a few of Corey's thoughts um, on his second go through of the book. I am also enjoying it even more the second time. I rode hard for it the first time, which you would know if the audio had survived. Twice. Um, twice. Twice we lost the audio. So I'm very excited for my third time talking about this book. And in honor of that, if you missed our announcement in our Discord and on Twitter, we designed a shirt for this event. Uh, I I had seen a shirt that the folks at Looking for Leia had done a while back um, that was no longer available. And I said, Corey, here's the deal. I want a handmade shirt. Here's the general pitch it's just the names and then dude you went crazy and designed this entire shirt i had a beautiful amount of inspiration randomly and uh from i like the way fever dream i'm assuming yeah from a flu fever dream yeah so uh we we got a new shirt we're gonna try to do these for every single time we release like when we do a big roundtable event because those are pretty big for us i think like yeah. i mean we, we we spend like probably God, a couple hours probably of prep for it because you have to like think about the questions and stuff we're going to ask. Um, then we have two solid episodes and the second one ends up being kind of long. So we probably have five or six hours worth of work, you know, into those. Yeah. That's not counting any of the reading. So yeah, reading the book as well. <laughs> right. And reading the book as well. So it's, it's a lot of fun for us to do those. So we're going to try to start doing a shirt to commemorate every single, uh, you know, big round table we do going forward. And we have some big ones coming out this year that I've already got some ideas for a like cool Thrawn shirt. So I think that'd be a fun way to sort of uh, kick off the round table. So the We Are Brave shirt, that's what it's called. You can find it on our TeePublic. Um, I think it's, how do you get to that, Eric? Is it TeePublic.com slash Utini? I think it is. And if it's I not, think it is too. there's it's a on link our on website. our site. And you can there's go to TeePublic, search Utini. Tons of ways to find yep. it. Um, if you want to show your support for those badass handmaidens in yep. the world. It's a pretty sweet shirt. It's got all the handmaidens' names on it with Padme's kind of highlighted, and it's got Padme's like pis- pistol on it. On my desktop, yeah. it's called Padme's Blaster. I know that's not what it's called, but it looks Close really enough. sweet, and I'm, I'm really pleased with it. I'm going to buy one myself, so I can't yeah. wait. Mine, mine uh, just got shipped today, so I'll be wearing that. Uh, if you guys tune in live for the Queen Shadow Roundtable video, uh, I'll be wearing mine, so can't wait. You can get that on a shirt. You can get a sticker for your laptop. You can get a mug. Uh, so head on over and grab one of those, because I I've noticed, y'all, there are not that many book-centric shirts in Star Wars. Like, we, we got so much stuff. We got so many character things. But we don't have a lot of merchandise for the books themselves. So we want to promote these books. Obviously, we love them so much. Promote these characters you can only find in novels and stuff. So keep your eyes peeled all year for that. Uh, and on that note, as we said earlier, due to Corey's new night shift schedule... The part one of our Queen's Shadow Roundtable will not be it next Monday night. Uh, we're recording this Monday night the 13th, as we usually do. So keep your eyes peeled on both our Discord and our Twitter. We'll be announcing our different record date, uh, so you can tune in for that. 
Now, if this is your first time hearing all that stuff, you're probably new. Welcome to the show. We love having you. Please, if you are, subscribe to this show wherever you get your podcasts and tune in each week where we're going to talk all about the Star Wars EU, books, comics, everything. And if you are one of the people that has not left us a review on iTunes, please give us five stars, write a little blurb, it helps people find us, and head over to utini.com where you're going to find our reviews, our articles, and our book profiles on every story in Star Wars. Corey, you missed it last week. I'm starting to pepper that in throughout the episode now. I know. It's, I like it. I listened to organic. it. Then. I listened to it. Uh, I did listen to the recording. It was a fun episode. I think I should just miss most of the episode. I think it'd probably be better quality, but, you know, I'm Heresy. still here. So. Heresy. Oh, we'll, we'll throw up a poll. Uh. <laughs> should Corey quit the podcast? Yes or no? Yes or no? <laughs> probably, knowing the assholes in our Discord and all our patrons, they'd probably vote yes just to spite me. Just to spite you maybe a little bit. But you know who's not assholes? It's a people in our podcast community uh it's something i want to start doing a little more on this show the star wars podcast community is so vast and large and a couple cool things happened this week i just wanted to bring your notice to first of all these sky talkers charlotte and caitlin some amazing voices in this community celebrated their three-year podcasting anniversary so wild that's crazy three years Caitlin and Charlotte are both really nice. Uh, I met them at Celebration last year. Um, they're really sweet. They have a really great podcast. They they're really able to capture sort of a maybe a little more intellectual literature, like kind of like English literature, like classic study of literature, like approach to Star Wars. So it's really good. Like yeah, we have they're lots so of much smarter than we are. Is what we're saying. That's it's, basically it's, it's what we're saying. Way more thought out. <laughs> it is a lot more thought out. It's great. And they're really good at picking themes and talking about them. So congratulations to Sky Talkers. Three years, man. That's a lot of words to that's say. A lot of words. A lot of work. Um, and we can't wait for three more years. We're, we are. We're gonna keep listening. And if you haven't subscribed to them, go give them a listen uh, and hit them up on Twitter. I'm sure they'll love it. Uh, additionally, our friends at the Force Toast Podcast, which we had on the show last year. Wow, last year, right? Because it's 2019. Last year. Last Holy year. Smokes. We're coming up on a year ourselves, man. We're going to do something fun. I know. Uh, but those those awesome ladies just reached uh, 1,138 Twitter followers, which they uh, tweeted out. It was kind of fun. If you don't know, uh, 1138 is kind of a big number in Star Wars. It's a little Easter egg in a lot of the films. THX 1138 was George Lucas's first film, and it keeps popping up. Uh, so it's a really weird, cool, nerdy milestone. So great have job, you, Force Toast. Have you ever have you ever watched part of that? They I had have glimpses not. of it. So they had glimpses of it. I've never seen it either, but they had glimpses of it in the uh, in the the Empire of Dreams um, documentary on Disney Plus, and it shows some of the stuff. And he did that as like a like a a sophomore in college. And yeah. it's pretty it's pretty freaky high level stuff. Like, man, I would not be creative enough to do that kind of thing in Star Wars. Uh, I mean in, in college in Star Wars. No. In college. Like it's a really weird artistic black and white film with like crazy camera angles and movement. Like he did all that in college, which is pretty impressive. So That's... George Lucas, you know, his early days, man. Very interesting guy. Yeah. You heard it here first. Utini says George Lucas, good at filmmaking. <laughs> Shocker. Hot takes. That's right. That's right. All right, a couple more things before we get into uh, the meat of this show, which I don't even know if we've said yet. We're going to be mixing this show up between some Jedi Fallen Order stuff and a little Project Luminous talk. We call it Jedi Fallen Luminous. It's so Jedi cool. Nice. Uh, but before we get there, we have more book reviews. If you don't know, on utini.com, every book profile uh, for every Star Wars book has a little place at the bottom where you can give a community review and a ranking. So we have four this week I wanted to highlight. We, we get more and more each week. We can't keep up, which is perfect. I love that. I love so much you guys are doing an incredible job. 
Um, but I picked out four of our newest reviews. Uh, and I, I don't want to read them and highlight the people that gave them, and then maybe we'll rip them to shreds. I don't know, Corey. How how vicious we're feeling? <laughs> They're pretty vicious. I don't know. All right. Well, here I'll talk. I'll talk about this first one, uh, which is from Robert Nice. Uh, he reviewed Kenobi, one of our favorites. Gave it four stars. And says, I like the character of Obi-Wan, and checking in with him during what must have been a seriously difficult time for him was interesting, but for me, too much of the story's focus was on the family of shopkeepers he befriends and their dilemmas. Stakes are kept deliberately small. Overall, I did enjoy it, and most avid Star Wars fans will as well. Again, four stars. Uh, totally not. It's a smaller yeah. it's a smaller scale book. And I think that's, uh, for some people, Absolutely. love that, but... <clears throat> Kenobi is one of the books in our uh, sort of foundational books at Utini. Like we recommend you read certain books first if you've never gotten into Star Wars before. And Kenobi is one of those books simply because I think this actually kind of nails it. It's sort of small scale enough, mm-hmm. but it makes it it makes it feel like the the story of Kenobi is truly expanded. So it fits nicely into the expanded universe. So I agree with that to some degree. Um, it's always fun to to get. I really like hot takes on like kind of super critically acclaimed books like i guess class, like a certified classic yes so like give because a hot take on it. it's 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 good to it's good to you know think critically of the things we love and you know it's it's nice to to see that if you robert i will tell you this as i have recently discovered <laughs> if you have not listened to the audiobook and you actually <laughs> physically read the book give the audiobook a shot and see if you think differently about the book sometimes you get a completely different experience so thank you robert brilliant uh, Corey, you want to hit that second one from one of our all-star reviewers? One of our all-star reviewers, P. Matty Ice. I was at uh, the grocery store yesterday. I saw some Natty Light lemonade, and I thought of you, P. Matty Ice. <laughs> I did. Uh, it, he reviewed Most Wanted. Uh, he or she reviewed Most Wanted. I actually can't remember who this, uh, what your username is. I think you're in Discord, but I can't remember. Uh, Most Wanted gave it five stars. He said, this is a smaller scale story filled with fun and adventure. It's a... It, it really is a good story that shows or that knows what it is and does not go too far. I really enjoyed this one and expands on both Han himself and the lore. So excellent review from him. Yeah. One of our favorites and uh, keep your eyes out folks. Remember Ray Carson who wrote most wanted is writing the rise of Skywalker novelization, which if you missed on Twitter, um, I believe it was uh, Laura from Forest Toast posted that novelization will be coming out now March 17th instead of March 3rd. So if you pre-ordered, uh, through the UTNE affiliate link, possibly, uh, know that you're going to wait another two weeks for that book. All right, another review. Uh, one of our favorites, they call me T13, Timothy in our Discord. Uh, this guy reviewed Heir to the Empire. Speaking of certified classics, gave it five stars and says, the title is simply, This Feels Like Star Wars. In context, Heir to the Empire was my first Legends read. Being up to date on canon, I thought reading a Legends book would be would be jarring but i am delighted to be proven wrong then he talks a lot about the characters the payoffs of the book etc in his review but then he ends by saying after reading this i understand why it changed the perception of what star wars could be when it was released it promises bold choices epic storytelling insightful character development and a little weirdness to come totally air to the empire is pretty weird it is pretty weird, and it's interesting that it's such a classic. Timothy Zahn really did change the game when he wrote that book, and he posted on Twitter this week, I don't know if you guys saw that, that he said that definitively Thrawn is not Force-sensitive. I can't believe he just came out and said that. I know. I think it was like, hey, you damn kids, it's not the story I'm writing. I don't want to see right. these Everybody Twitter shut articles up. with your TikTok up. videos about Thrawn. That's right. 
That's right. <laughs> Which is very interesting because we had all been at least speculating somewhat that maybe he had first sight or something as a child or something. Yeah. So he like shut all that story down, man. So Yeah, so I'd be very interested to see now where Thrawn goes because, I mean, you, you know, I've been very vocal in the past about how I think Thrawn has been a little overpowered here and there. And I, I said in Discord earlier today, maybe that was something the story group could have used was to be like, okay, he's a little force sensitive and we're going to explore that. So maybe that's why he's too overpowered. And Zahn's like, nah, he's just the best. <clears throat> so deal with it. I know. That's right. That's right. Uh, Another review. We got one from chase, just chase on here. It says Darth Bane path of destruction. He gave it five stars. He said, hail Darth Bane. I love that. This was the first book I read and I wasn't sure what to expect. I was immediately hooked. Reading the transformation of Darth Bane was great, and it gave great insight into the philosophy of the Sith. I couldn't put it down and finished it far quicker than anticipated. Darth Bane has become my favorite Sith, and his story is fun for all sides of the Force. Spoiler, he rides a freaking Rancor. Take my money. Can't wait to start Rule of Two. I totally back that up. I listened to the audiobooks for the Darth Bane trilogy recently in the last six months or so, and um, I support that fully. Darth Bane is excellent, so that entire trilogy is excellent. Also in our foundational books. Yeah, Darth Bane, uh, my favorite Dark Side books, I think. Uh, absolutely tremendous storytelling. Real quick, I want to jump into the chat here, because there's a quick couple comments I want to address from Juliana and Timothy Dunlap, uh, talking about kids' books, because we haven't talked about them a lot. Um, because I want to tell you guys, I do have two kids' books uh, sitting at my apartment here, ready for review. Um, I wanted to get the reference, uh, the, the Rise of Skywalker Visual Dictionary review out, Quickly last week, uh, check out utini.com if you haven't read that. So I put those two off to the side uh, for next in the queue. But keep your eyes out on the site. I will be reviewing two additional Star Wars kids books. And there is a Utini Kids Corner article on the site. If you go into the search bar and look for Kids Corner, you'll see those. There's a couple of young reader books. So we love the kids. Some yeah, of them. Totally. If they read Star and Wars. Juliana, you can go review the kids books yourself on our website if you want. You can just, just like you normally leave reviews for other ones. Search for them on utini.com, and you can leave reviews as well on the kids' stuff. Yeah, and if you want those reviews on the show, all you got to do, look up the book on utini.com in the scroll or in the search bar or in the release schedule or in the timeline, anywhere you want. Scroll down to the bottom and add your own star rating and use your review. You can also email us if you're confused or need some extra help at livingforcepod at utini.com. Tweet at us at livingforcepod or join our utini Discord community by going to utini.com slash discord. All right, couple updates on Utini itself. This week, today actually, as we're recording this, we released our final bounty hunt episode on The Mandalorian. It got delayed a bit by Corey being sick and near the brink of death, but it is out now. Uh, on that episode, it you is. can hear me and Charles talking about our Mandalorian thoughts. But Charlie, wow, Corey. Charlie, I, all I right. I guys' names, <laughs> Charles and Corey. Charlie, Charlie, Charlie and Corey. Uh, nice. Corey. Since you weren't on that episode, what did you think of the last couple episodes of The Mandalorian? A very, like, a tweet-length I really, response. Yeah, absolutely. The last couple episodes of The Mandalorian, I think it tied the show up really nicely. You guys did an excellent job of reviewing those. Um, I really enjoyed The Mandalorian as a whole, and I think the last two episodes did a really nice job of tying things in a bow. Like, we, was, well, like we were all hoping that it was going to happen um, from the start. So did a great job. Uh, super funny. Absolutely love the stormtroopers. I, I really hope that that's retconned into being tag and bank and that's just how it is. And, uh, we get an entire show just about, you know, buddy cop stormtroopers. Cause that was fantastic. So, yeah. Uh, I think it's been pretty unanimous 
online from everyone about those last two episodes that the Mandalorian nailed that landing. And I'm glad you thought the same so we can keep doing this podcast. John, John Favreau and Deborah Chow and Dave Filoni, they should just form their own story group and they should just do all Star Wars from here on out. Oh, man, there's those hot takes you were talking hot about earlier. Hot takes, man, hot takes. I don't actually believe that, but seriously, they did an excellent job as a, as a, as creators of that show. And I'm really, really impressed that, man, like people, people have been talking about live action Star Wars since Star Wars came out like over 40 years ago. So, I mean... Like for it to be done with such raving success, I've not heard a single negative thing about the Mandalorian. For it, and yeah. so for it to be done with such a success is truly an accomplishment, and I'm really happy for the creators that got to do that. Absolutely, and if you are a patron of this show, then you are have access to that podcast feed that includes Bounty Hunt and Legends Look Back, which I want to plug because they just put out another episode featuring a couple more books in the Republic Commando series. If you're a fan of that, you got to check those out. Those episodes have been fantastic, and we just finished up a poll that Jared, the host of that show, put up about the next book, and if you didn't know what the next book on Legends Look Back is going to be, it is Splinter of the Mind's Eye. That's right, folks. If you don't know this book, this is the potential sequel to A New Hope back in the day before Empire was written. It is bonkers, wild. I have never read it myself, and I'm going to now because of Legends Look Back. Corey, have you read this? I have not read Splinter of the Mind's Eye, but I know the plot well enough, and it is, like, bonkers is an understatement. Like, the stuff that happens <laughs> is, like, it's eye-rollingly goofy. Like, it's so crazy. Like, it's like, I mean, you've seen the old Marvel comics, like, from Star Wars, where, like, it looks like He-Man doesn't look yeah. like Star Wars. Like, <laughs> that is that book. Like, it's nuts. And But it surprisingly fits pretty well into the Legends timeline. So, if you've never read Splinter of the Mind's Eye, now is a great time. They're going to be talking about that pretty soon on Legends Look Back, which is a Patreon-exclusive show from Utini. You can head to uh, utini.com slash Patreon and get on there. Perfect. Uh, and real quick, I want to call out uh, Captain Britton in the chat, who did say something, to Corey, to add to your list of people that can make all Star Wars. Uh, Ryan Johnson. And, yep, putting that in there uh, with Deborah yeah. and Favreau yeah. and all them. No question. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Absolutely true. All right. Uh, last quick note on Bounty Hunt. Uh <laughs> If you are a patron or want to become a patron, keep your eyes peeled because even though The Mandalorian is over, that show will be continuing. As Charles and I said on the last episode of Bounty Hunt, we are going to be doing the Clone Wars series next month uh, when Season 7 comes out. (laughs) And leading into that, we'll do a couple recap episodes on that Patreon-exclusive feed for you guys. And we will probably do one big episode of The Living Force all about the Clone Wars to get you guys ready for that. Yeah, that's a great idea. We should totally do that. It is on era, and now it's going to happen. Again, utini.com slash Patreon is where that can happen. The $5 level and above gets you all those extra shows, so go ahead and head on over. All right. Corey, Project Luminous. What is it? Mm -hmm. When is it? Where is it? Where is it, I ask? That's, man, the question of the year, honestly, in book literature is, what is Project Luminous? They announced it last year's celebration. They didn't say anything else about it except that, here's the thing, it's a thing, look at the thing. There was a title on a screen, people cheered, had some authors tied to it, but nobody knew what the hell it was, and they have not let out a single peep since April of 2019. We're almost a full year from that, and we don't know a damn thing. And here's the thing about that, guys. I ran a poll today on our Twitter. I got the Twitter password again. I've been going crazy. Uh, But on the Living Force podcast, I asked you all, uh, listeners, do you like to listen to rumors 
like like the little underground stuff we've gotten about Luminous, or do you like to wait until everything's official before you get all excited? And according to our poll at time of recording, 58% of our people say, give me all the rumors, and 42% say, I'll be patient until it's official. Interesting. Corey, I, I feel like you and I fall somewhere in the middle, right? Because we, we do. We do. Uh, I enjoy I enjoy rumors that don't ruin things. Yes. Right? Yeah. Uh, so spoilers, I don't I don't en- rumors I don't different. enjoy the I don't enjoy the race of Palpatine rumor. All right. Yeah. I don't enjoy that. I do enjoy. Eh, I think the movie is going to take place two years after the last movie. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't Absolutely. want I don't want key plot points ruined for me, but like I like knowing stuff. It's fun. It makes you you get you, you get in on in on it, right? It's fun to be in on stuff. Exactly. And so many of the Project Luminous writers have been tweeting out their excitement about the project, but we haven't really gotten specifics. We are still hoping to get some in January. Like literally by the time this podcast goes on the feed, we might be outdated. You might know more about hmm. Luminous than we do at this moment. But until then, here's what we know. Alright? Project Luminous was announced last year. As a joint publishing initiative, it is going to be one big story spread across a number of different mediums, from adult novels, young adult novels, comics, etc. It features the authors Daniel Jose Older, Claudia Gray, Kevin Scott, Charles Sewell, and Justina Ireland. It combines Del Rey, Disney Lucasfilm, Marvel, and IDW Publishing, and the authors themselves are continuously tweeting about their progress. And one thing is consistent across everything, they are flipping stoked. Like I, I, I can't understand the 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 level of excitement that like literally all of them yeah. have on Twitter, even the ones that don't tweet that much. Totally. Yeah, they're all very, very excited about this. They're all clearly dying to give us something. It must be an enormous project. Let's talk about the authors a little bit. Daniel yeah. Jose Older wrote uh he wrote Last Shot. It was a Han Solo book. Um, kind of centered around the lead up to the solo film, mm-hmm. or maybe it was published right after the solo film. I can't remember. I, uh, I think um, it was published. Right, it was. Right, it was last shot got published, and then solo came out, and then Most Wanted came out. It was that order. That's right. So Most Wanted tied really directly. It was like the prequel to the solo film, kind of like Catalyst was to Rogue One. Most yeah. Wanted was in a lot of ways. Um, but uh, last shot was a little different. I mean, it featured old Han and flashbacks to young Han. We got to see him kind of take care of uh, take care of Ben Solo as a baby, which is pretty neat. Yeah, so, got some got some Lando action, a lot of L three right. in there. That's right. It was I would say overall a pretty positive experience. Some yeah. some folks were a little taken off by some of the jumping back and forth in that book, but over overall, I thought Daniel Jose Older did an amazing job coming out as a brand new author in Star Wars, and I'm happy to see him back personally. Yeah, and uh, and side note, his uh his own series. I also creator owned. That's a little more common. His, uh, his novel series, um, the Shadow Shaper Chronicles, I believe, um, are on sale on Kindle right now. I got the first book the other day. It's like two bucks. So if you want more Star oh, Wars nice. authors, like support their independent projects as well. That'd be awesome. Yeah, totally. We also had Claudia Gray and Kevin Scott. Claudia Gray, obviously a superstar, <sighs> goddess, master and apprentice, lost queen, star, total goddess. Bow down. <laughs> Nicest person ever. I met. I got to uh, see her at celebration last year briefly. Uh, super nice. Um, totally gonna try to get her on the show this year. It's one of our big goals. Is to um, have the legendary Gray on the show. And then also Kevin Scott uh, did Dooku Jedi Lost. He's done a lot of comic work. You guys might have heard us. We did. We interviewed him last year. Go Friend find of the show, Kevin friend Scott. Friend of the show. One of my favorite interviews I think we did. He was a super fun guy to hang out with. He's so lovely, to. and he had impeccable mic quality. He did, impeccable <laughs> mic quality. That You can't underrate the mic quality. It was, it was really so beautiful. Good. We also have Charles Soule and Justina Ireland. Charles Soule. Charles Soule. How do you say Is it Sewell or Soule? I think it's Soule. Like soul, um, like soul food, soul. Yeah, I think that's okay. what it is. That's that's what I always say. I just don't know if that's correct. Until like he's, I hear he an interview the... with him that says something different. 
Yeah. So he did the Vader comic, or at least part of the Vader comic. The um, the uh, what is it? What's it called? The Sith one? Uh, Darth Vader, uh, Dark Lord of the Sith. Yeah, so it's very confusing to you guys that are not super familiar with comics. There's a bunch of Vader comics. There's Vader Down. There's just the comic called Vader. And then there's the really, really, really good one called Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith. Yep. And that's the one that Soul did. And oh my God, it's unbelievably yeah. good. Like, the I see nothing. I'm surrounded by nothing but fear and dead men. Oh my God, it's so good. Yeah. He um, writes Charles Soul incredibly well. He really does. He's probably the superstar of the comics right now in Star Wars. Yeah. Um, then lastly, right, well, because right now he's also writing the new Star Wars mainline comic that just launched in Jan- this month on New Year's Day. Uh, they relaunched Star Wars number one, so it takes place after Empire, and he's taking the reins on that. So you know they're trusting nice. him a lot with that main title. Nice, nice, nice. And then lastly, Justina Ireland. She wrote uh, what, Spark of the Resistance. Yes, sir. Called? Yes, also uh, also a new, a fairly new author uh, to Star Wars. Like, right? This mm-hmm. I would think that was the first thing she had. Was that the first project she'd done? I can't remember. I think so. Either the first or second, but the first one I read at least. And I it can't was remember. Really yeah, it's, it's the first. It's it's definitely her first journey into kind of the novels slash young adult. Like it's 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 that weird sort of category of book, like between young adult and then also like kids. It's like a middle grades kind mm-hmm. of book. Um, they're pretty small. Um, that was a fun experience. I didn't get to read that one. You did though. Uh, Eric, didn't you? I almost called you Charles. Now we're both doing it. We miss you, man. But yeah, I did. It was, I know. It was a it was a really cool, just Star Wars ass Star Wars story. You know, just a little adventure. had had great uh, Ray, Rose, and Poe. Um, it was a blast. It was in the journey to Rise of Skywalker, and I'm guessing she's going to probably be doing another kind of um, you know middle grade novel because Corey, if I had to pick, right, if I had to like do a fantasy draft on these authors, who I think's doing what, I think. Daniel Jose Older is going to do an adult novel from Del Rey. I think Claudia Gray is going to do a young adult from Lucasfilm. I think Kevin Scott's going to do a comic at IDW. I think Charles Soule is going to do a like a more adult comic, quote unquote, at Marvel. And I think Justine Ireland is going to do like a younger reader novel. A Lucasfilm? You, you don't think that maybe Kevin Scott could work on another audio drama? I mean, I can't hope for that. I, I, can't, I can't get my because, I can't get my because Justina Ireland Justina Ireland could also very well take the place of the IDW publishing one, or or even even something with Lucasfilm maybe. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to get my hopes up either. But I would love to get another audio drama. Oh, I would love. I would absolutely love it. Um. Oh, and in the chat, yes. Uh, Charles Soul has it is Soul. He's answered that on Twitter a number of times. Thank you. Good. Um. Yes. And speaking of absolutely. that Twitter, I wanted to actually read a little tweet thread that he put out this week about uh, their la- their latest call because apparently they all call each other all the time and have like business calls where they talk about story and this is what Charles Soule said directly from his mouth. A word on those Project Luminous calls. Every few weeks, Claudia Gray, Kevin Scott, uh, DJ Older, as his Twitter handle is, Justina Ireland and I do a Google Hangout to discuss whatever we're developing on the project. Usually some of us have questions or ideas we run by the group. Today was a character day. There was a beat and through line we realized we should probably implement, which makes me think, guys, there's a single story, right? There's a single story beat they all talked about. And we discussed how best to do it, which characters to use. We've all created some, so we're kind of introducing our new imaginary friends to each other. Very fun. Other days, we've discussed original aesthetics, ship design, tech, creatures. Often the calls are about coming together after being hermits at a keyboard for a few weeks and sharing what we've come up with. It lets us recalibrate so we're all collaborating properly. A collaboration recalibration. We make a lot of progress on these calls. 
Writing can be a solitary gig, and banging ideas off the other Project Luminous creators reminds us we're not doing it alone. We're getting to play in a huge sandbox. It's very invigorating. So that's it. I know. Vague, vague, vague. But I promise we're getting close to the reveals. Won't be long now. Man, that's so exciting. It's, it's so, so exciting fun. because the thing that we've been complaining about most about Star Wars, just in general, for the last like five years, is that it doesn't feel like there's enough connection between everything. Like it feels like they kind of shot from the hip with the trilogy. Uh, it feels like they've done a lot of testing the waters with different books. They've done independent books, very few trilogies, and things feel like they kind of took a turn this last year. And I don't know what that was. If it was it was kind of the negative kind of comeback out of the last Jedi that helped make that decision for them. If it was the new success of certain things in star Wars, but we definitely have seen a change in just the entire rhetoric of star Wars in the last year. And I think we've taken a turn for the right direction. We have multiple trilogies coming out, which is obviously a huge success. Then we have this huge project luminous that we have no idea what it is, which I think we should just go right into Eric. So you have some notes here. I want to let you hit this seems to be kind of what I guess you think it's going to do. Let's hear it. Yeah, I, I, I wrote the notes, so I get to say what I think. Um, uh, the rumor this week has been that Project Luminous will take place in the High Republic era, uh, which is something that was mentioned only in Dooku Jedi Lost and the Rise of Kylo Ren comic uh, recently. And as far as people can tell, the High Republic is not the Old Republic. It takes place about four to 500 years pre the Skywalker saga. So this is post Bane this is post Revan this is in that weird spot where we think the Jedi were kind of at the height of their power where the Republic was really good like literally the high Republic the the the, the good times right um, the, the Jedi think they've destroyed the Sith because the rule of two is fully in action now and exactly. it has been for a couple generations so there's a possibility that no real canon um Alex Damon over on Star Wars Explained did a cool um uh answer about this during their Q&A this week and said there's not a really any stories in canon or legends already at this time period. Because, you know, a lot of times with canon, they'll say, well, in legends, we've already done that. So why are you doing it over? Why are you trying to replace it? And I think this is brilliant if they do that because it's not. It's not replacing anything. It's just pure new content. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I think that's a very interesting idea, the High Republic. And there's, you know, I, I, if you hadn't read that entire little like tweet thread from Charles Soule, like, I, I don't think I would have maybe bought it as much. Like the biggest rumors I've heard recently and what I personally thought is that it was going to be a little closer to Phantom Menace mm-hmm. kind of projects because I, I really do feel like the little small group of projects that we got last year was a test run for can it work like outside of the Skywalker saga, right? So we got Dooku, Jedi Lost, we got Master and Apprentice, and those were both like our favorite books last year. Oh yeah, Uh, I mean, and Queen Shadow is getting a second book. And she's getting a second, yeah, right, and a second book. So like clearly that era is super, super successful and it was successful. So I've been saying ever since it was released that it was a test run to see if if that can be successful. And then we got the relaunch of the Clone Wars. So like, there's just a lot of things happening that are backwards, right? They're back in that era. So I was really kind of on board with the idea that maybe this was going to take place closer to Phantom Menace. Um, but um, now that like he's saying, they're talking about designing ships and stuff. And that's all, that's all peak High Republic. Like that sounds really good. Plus I love the name High Republic. That sounds Isn't awesome. Isn't that fun? I think it's really it cool. And I mean, Hey, if, can you imagine if Project Luminous is to, is launching the timeline of the High Republic, like it's launching an era, if that's what they do here, and then they decide, hey, guess what? That's where Ryan Johnson's trilogy is going to take place. We're going to set oh, up the, the era in books, and then we'll do movies about it. 
Oh man, you're you're making my heart get warm inside. Get warm inside. I, I love now, now. Speaking of Ryan Johnson, yes. briefly, uh, exciting things this week. Both you and I are both members of uh, AMC A List, which yes, has been sir. really fun. And uh, we both have seen Knives Out in the last mm. week. And holy freaking smokes! I saw Amazing. that movie. I saw that movie about three nights ago. I turned to my wife at the end and I said, "The internet is wrong. Ryan Johnson is a fucking genius." Like. <laughs> Seriously, because he wrote and directed that movie, guys. Yeah. If you have not seen *Knives Out* yet, go see it. It's like a, it's like sh- um, kind of a modern version of *Sherlock Holmes*. Yeah, like an Agatha so Christie good. mystery um, with all your favorite actors. And as of this morning, uh, Ryan Johnson, Oscar-nominated screenwriter for screenplay for that movie. Yes, so, unbelievable, unbelievable. So I really well do deserved. think Ryan Johnson is a genius, and I, I really hope the man gets a trilogy. Where uh, I, I joked in our Slack team right after walking out of it, I said, "Listen." Everybody at Disney just needs to go on a long vacation for like three months and just forget about Ryan Johnson. And he just needs to deliver them a completed trilogy. And just <laughs> that's, that just need, that just needs to happen. Like, he's like here, here's the script. Here's the writing for all three. This is what's going to happen. All right. Give me money to make it. That's what I want to happen. All right. Um, oh, yes. By the way, uh, just yes, I agree. You're right. Uh, looking yes, in the chat right. here, we have. What is it? Mexican Diense 79, I think, uh, is saying, based on the High Republic, uh, maybe a life of Yoda or episodes Yoda was in. Um, that was actually a great question I wanted to ask you, Corey, as we round up our first half here before break. Um, do you want any Yoda in this High Republic series? Because technically he'd be alive. He'd be probably like around three or four hundred. Well, listen, I've I've kind of reached a point in my Star Wars. I'm afraid to say what I want and what I don't want because I really didn't want the Emperor to be alive in The Rise of Skywalker. And I think like Charles totally called me out in our in our roundtable talking about The Rise of Skywalker, and that was an expectation. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm the preacher of managing expectations, all right? And I apparently I didn't even know I had it, but I like subconsciously had an expectation that I did not want the Emperor to be alive, and I think it hurt my viewing of the film the first time. Mm-hmm. So. You know, do I want Yoda to be explained? I've been saying for a little while now that I like one of the best parts of Yoda is that he's a mystery. But at this point, listen, if it can be done well, I, I don't care what you do. Like, I don't care what you do. I'm Great here point. for the long, the long haul. All right, mm-hmm. you can do whatever you want. If if you can do the 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 Yoda stuff like well and keep some elements of mystery then fine, do it. It'd be really cool in some ways, I think. And it would also open up a really great story for the second season of Mandalorian, so. Yeah, you know what? That's a great point. At the end of the day, quality above all. You know, if you can do it, do it well, mm. sure. Uh, I would love, any any new story that's focused on new characters seems to really get me, like, that's what I love so much about Lost Stars, Aftermath, Alphabet Squadron, like, a lot of my favorites are all new characters. So if we have Yoda in, cool. I don't want him to be a main focus, but if he is, and they let Claudia Gray write him, I'm sure it's going to be perfect anyway. So, um, regardless of what they end up doing, I cannot wait. All right? Uh, on that note, folks, we are going to step away for just a quick second. If you're live streaming, if you're listening to the audio, you're about to hear a quick uh, Utini member break from Heather talking about our next subject. Folks, when we come back, we're going to dive into some thoughts about Jedi Fallen Order. Be right back. Hello, my Utini family. Eric and Corey are about to talk about Jedi Fallen Order, and I want to put in a little word before they get into it. Um, My name is Heather. You probably see me on Discord or Facebook. 
I have been doing uh, different stuff for Uteni for about a couple years. My title is always changing, to be honest. I, I don't even know what Corey would call me now. But um, here I am, doing this cameo for you guys. So, first off, I just want to talk about how Jedi Fallen Order is definitely the single-player game that we've needed since the Disney acquisition. It feels so nostalgic while still, like, connecting to the overall lore and making connections to things that we already know. But I want to get into my favorite Easter egg. And now, before the game came out, there was some speculation going around about how Elam and Starkiller Base happened to be the exact same size. And it kind of makes sense when you think about it, because Starkiller Base, I mean, well, for one, both places are snowy, which I guess doesn't mean much because there's a lot of snowy planets, but still, clue number one. And also... Starkiller Base was able to take out entire systems. Now, that kind of power needs to come from somewhere, and Elam is one of the main sources for kyber crystals. So, there's clue number two. Now, what really tipped me off to this Easter egg is a friend at work um, beat the game before me. And he said, Heather, you need to go visit Elam after you beat the game. And I asked him why, and he was like, no, you just need to do it. Just pay attention to the scene where you're entering orbit. And so I was excited to get home. I, I turned on the PS4, I set course to Elam, and sure enough, when the Mantis is entering orbit into Elam, you see the crevice in the planet that pretty much confirms that it has been turned into Starkiller Base. And it totally blew my mind. And I thought it was kind of funny how when you land on the planet, the crew doesn't even talk about the transition. So next, I want to get into the stunning art book for Jedi Fallen Order. When I ordered this on Amazon, it was only $20 and I wasn't quite sure what to expect. But this thing is like the weight of a math textbook and it has so much, so much art. And it's all totally beautiful, and this may seem a little disrespectful to the book, but just to prove my point and how heavy and substantial this art book is, I'm gonna drop it on the floor. So that's what you got to work with. If you go to the book profile on utini.com, use our Amazon affiliate link to get this book, because I promise you, for only $20, what you're getting is completely worth it you'll have this book on your coffee table for ages. And now that I've gone on my little rant about what I liked about Jedi Fallen Order, I'll let you get back to the show. And we are back after that clip. <laughs> are you going to cry? I might, man. I don't know. I'm not responsible for my actions. <laughs> Just the passion imbued in air voice. <sighs> okay. Blame it on the alcohol or the... Lack thereof. Lack thereof. Well, I'll press through. I'll press through. I'm going to drink my Sponsored water. Sponsored by Corona Premier. Hey, Corona. <laughs> uh, if you want to go to uh, utini.com slash Corona now, you can get your own 12-pack <laughs> of Corona. <laughs> I should create an affiliate link and do that. I don't think you can buy alcohol online. I'm pretty can sure you? No. Okay. You can do it through apps could. that like you know will deliver. Like At least in Chicago, we have an app that you can deliver beer. But it, like the delivery fee is so expensive. It's like, just walk to Walgreens. Like, come on. Yeah. 
That's fair. Uh, hey, I bought a, um, speaking of delivery apps, let's go off on a tangent for a second. Do it. Uh, did I tell you the story about how I bought a Roku when I had the flu? No. This is fantastic. So I was upstairs in the bedroom. So I got a new TV for Christmas. Remember me telling you about that? Yes. So I got a new TV for Christmas. What I used to do downstairs had a laptop that just plugged into the TV. And that's how I did my TV. It was the laptop, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I decided to upgrade when I got the TV because I wanted 4K. So I got an Apple 4K or whatever. And that's yep. been my downstairs TV. So my old TV went upstairs, took the laptop with it. The laptop was my TV upstairs, right? Well, I started having all these problems with it, all kinds of technical difficulties. And I had the flu. So I'm like... Screw this. I want something <laughs> stable that I can just point the remote at the TV. So I'm like, how can I buy a Roku? I did, there's a Walmart literally right down the hill from my house. I didn't want to like go to Walmart and infect people with the flu because I'm a doctor. I'm going to be health conscious and all that kind of shit. Uh-huh. So uh, I decided not to go to Walmart and buy my own Roku. So I got on Instacart. Yep. And I found that I can use Instacart with Target. And I created a custom item, and I tagged like the 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 link to the website where the Roku was for sale with a picture of the of the Roku, and I said <laughs> in the little comment box, I wrote. I wrote, I have the flu. I need TV. Please bring me this. <laughs> and that's all I purchased, and it cost me like like nine dollars. Like for the delivery fee and right. the and the and the fees associated with Instacart, and the guy just comes to like with this one little bag of the Roku. <laughs> he comes to my door and he's like trying to open my door through the glass door. And I'm like, no, 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 I don't want to get you sick. Just leave it on the porch. That's so sketchy. It was freaking hilarious. So I bought nothing except a Roku from Instacart, and they delivered it to my house like an hour. It's the most genius thing I think I've ever done. It was super convenient. And it cost me like ten dollars extra, but. You know, I paid ten dollars not to not to infect the general public with the flu. So you're welcome, general. You should public. be canonized in sainthood, truly. That's right. <clears throat> then I proceeded to binge four seasons of the Clone Wars. So. Well, that's a good boy. Now, you were doing that, Corey, because you had already finished long ago, Jedi Fallen Order. Yes, the yes, new I did. single player game. Uh, we're gonna talk about it because, folks, we have not talked a lot about Jedi Fallen Order on this show. <clears throat> Technically. It is a part of the expanded universe that we think like outside the movies, right? So That's right. In this part of the show, we want to actually talk about the story a little bit. We want to talk about what we thought of it. Uh, we want to talk about the comic that tied into it. And then we're going to play a little game at the end because you know how we love trademark Eric's stupid games. Uh, so first of all, Corey, just as a game, what would you think? Did you have fun? Did you just, enjoy yourself? Just as a game? Just yeah, a I game. definitely had fun. Yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed I enjoyed playing the game. Um, as you know, as I do with lot, most things in my life, I binge the crap out of it. Naturally. And yes, you know, I, I play my video games like I do my alcohol, and I binge the crap out of it. So there you go. Um, <laughs> uh, I think I I think I my wife and I we decided it was the same weekend that Jedi Fallen Order came out. The new Pokemon game came out, and my wife oh. is a big Pokemon fan. Yep. So we had. Early in the week, we were like, do you want to spontaneously go on a camping trip or do you want to sit around and play video games all weekend? So we decided to tell everybody that we were going um, camping and then decided not to go camping. Instead, we played video games all weekend. So nobody knew we were here. It was fantastic. We just had just the two of us. So I like I like did nothing but play Fallen Order for like I think I I think I, I beat it. To 100% completion, by the way, yeah. in like 25 hours, and I did that in like three days on a weekend. No, so that sounds it, it, about right. I mean, yes. the uh, the <clears throat> amount of time you spent in Fallen Order, what I didn't think was that much, because I, I bought it when you did. Um, also, mm-hmm. for our video patrons, my Corgi Morden just jumped on the couch, so that that's him in the back, being all nice. cute. Um, that's what you get if you're live. Uh, right. 
And by the time I got to the second planet, you were like, all right, I beat it. God, I'm exhausted. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, and real I was qu- really exhausted. Yeah, and real quick, one thing I want to I uh, clear up in the chat. So Timothy Dunlap posted, Fallen Order is Legends. Um, when we say expanded universe um, in, in Utini and on the show, I guess we haven't said it in a while. Uh, we are including all canon and legends. Like I know, legends used to be called the EU, but in our minds, EU is anything that expands the universe of Star Wars. So that can be yeah, canon and right. it can be legends. So that's right. Just yeah, to that is, a lot of a lot of folks for some reason nowadays tend to refer to the expanded universe. People think you're talking about legends, but we always clarify on our show. Like when when yeah. we're talking about legends, we actually say legends because expanded universe now is a much better general term because it expands on the film so literally both canon and legends is all under the banner of expanded universe and there's canon and legends versions of it so fallen order came out after 2012 or 2014 the disney acquisition so that by definition makes it canon so we can trust that the story that happened in fallen order actually is the quote-unquote real story right so if there are any books and such like we're going to talk about um, if we get things like that, it all exists in the same universe as Ray and Finn and our main heroes in the movie. So um, that's why we're talking about Fallen Order on the show, and I hope we get some good stuff coming out of it. Absolutely. Uh, for my part, <clears throat> I'm going to agree with you. I I, had a, I also had a great time. It took me a little longer to beat it uh, than you did. Um, did you play it to 100%? To I did you? not. I'm not a completionist. I Fair enough. I, I, just, I just wanted those damn ponchos, Eric. That's all it was all about. I didn't I just like the ponchos. The ponchos. <laughs> I hated the ponchos also, but I had to have them. <laughs> There were so many goddamn ponchos. Listen, but, you said you said you said in Battlefront you're a slut for skins. I'm apparently man. a slut for ponchos, man. We all learn about ourselves, man. <laughs> we're all slutty for different things. Own your own your Star Wars kink. It's fine. That's right. Uh, <laughs> but I I I I really enjoyed it. I I had some issues as far as like frame rate and stuff goes. Like, cause I I have an Xbox One that I played on, and it's from like launch day, so I don't have the Xbox One X. Which let's was listen. Let's just let's just dump all the complaints out just right out the gate. Oh, all right, great. the let's game was listen. The game was too short. Yes. unquestionably, the game was too short for a fifty dollar game. Maybe a sixty dollar game. Did 60. you get deluxe edition? Yeah, I got the deluxe. It was like seventy. Yeah, I did too. It was sixty or seventy bucks. Way too short of a game for a deluxe edition game. It's from like, is it? It's EA though. So it's I mean, EA, yeah. Like, can you doubt it? Eh, we should all know better about EA by now, all right? The yeah, game was way too short. Two, they've done anyway. Anyway, yes, it's, it's like respawn and then yeah, based on the Titan, like the Titanfall two campaign was pretty short. This is pretty short. Yes, agreed. Too short for I mean, you know, nothing but a single player game. Um, it was too short. All right, all right. Yep. you can't tell me otherwise. All right, it's just too short. The graphics on original Xbox were bad. Like, not <laughs> there's no way good. around it. No. Like, there were pixel issues. Like, yeah, it looked like it looked like it was a game from ten years yeah, ago. Yeah, it was really clearly did. made for the because I because I would see like um gameplay videos and it would be like yeah, oh and this then is PC amazing. and stuff. It's like what the yeah. hell is so, this? This is not the game I played. If you actually had the upgraded software. It looked amazing, and and when I get the Xbox Series X next holiday season, I'm gonna replay Fallen Order and be like, oh, got it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, right, that was that was right. an issue. Yeah. You should you gotta optimize it for the lowest version of the current console, and let it play on the higher yep. power, not backwards. Yeah, totally. Um, I think the game was a huge success, and I think when they make a second one, which is inevitably probably going to happen, in my opinion, mm-hmm. um, I think it'll be on new systems, which Eric, you and I will probably both have next year. Yes, sir. And. Uh, Maybe it'll be a better experience for us. So those are my really only two major complaints. The story was kind of mad in places, which we're going to talk about here in a second. Yeah. Um. The only other complaint I'd probably have um, was a little character stuff. Like, I would have loved to have more time with the characters. Like, some characters, like Marin especially, came in so late 
then I'm like, oh, awesome. Oh, wait, it's over, but I guess that, was, that ties yeah. into the length. That's right. Totally agree with you. Um, so before we get into the story itself, though, a couple questions. Where do you think this ranks? Um, I'm not going to give you an exact number of all-time Star Wars games because, you know, <clears> there's so many, but would you put it, like, in the upper tier, mid-tier? Mm-hmm. Where, where do you feel it belongs? I would I would definitely put it in the upper tier. Um, so, like, KOTOR, Nice Yield Republic, the original, the first one, not the second one. The first one is my all-time favorite Star Wars game. You'll never convince me otherwise. Like, you guys have heard me talk about that game a lot on the show. I've probably played more hours of that video game than any other game I've ever played in my life. Mm-hmm. I've played through it all the way through ten times. It's the absolute top. Um, I think the I think this 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 is up there kind of with a, with with good Star Wars games. I would also place now the second Battlefront game, the one that's currently yeah. out that people are playing. I'll place that one up in the upper echelon of of games. Um, I would put the uh, like Revenge of the Sith game up yeah, there somewhere. It was a great game. Yep, um, and I'd put the I'd put the Force Away the uh, uh, Force Unleashed games up there also. Um, those are all, all all pretty good stuff, and the original Battlefront two also. So these are all like really high good games. So it, it probably like where it goes for me is like Kotor. Then we have some Battlefront stuff, the original Battlefront stuff. So I would put it above the uh, Un- Force Unleashed games, but kind of maybe below everything else. So overall, I felt the story was good, but it being as short as it was, some of the graphic issues kind of held it back for me personally. Yeah, I'll agree. That's about where I'm going to put it to. Uh, I think there's there's a lot of great <clears throat> stuff here going forward. I'm, I think it's a, great, it's a great test for here's what a single-player Star Wars game looks like <clears throat> now. Now we can move forward. I think the combat system was pretty fun. Um, I think the, the skill tree stuff was cool. Um, and I think a lot of the story had good moments. Um, so we've already said pretty much what we think we can improve upon. Let's go to the story. If we were just talking about the narrative story of Cal Kestis, right, from beginning to end, how <laughs> successful do you think that was in a year where we got a lot of really good Star Wars stories? You know, storytelling in games, especially the single-player storytelling in games, is something that's very, very challenging for EA to do for some reason. I don't know why that's the case, but every time they have to tell any story, it seems like they create a really, really good big picture, and then they deviate from it so much that it ends up with a really choppy story. A perfect example of this is the campaign in the Battlefront, the first Battlefront game. Or the second, I'm sorry, Battlefront 2 with, with, uh, what's-her-face? What's your name? Iden Versio. I Iden Versio. Okay. Yeah. Which, which so, for the record, I liked. I liked a lot more than you did. But go on. Yeah, that's yeah, that's very very true. But to me, that story felt very choppy, and mm-hmm. you see it in small places. Like you have cutscenes, and the acting is kind of weird, and then like things just move at a weird pace. You know, you compare something like the second Battlefront game to like the Uncharted games, right? Like, which have a damn near flawless storytelling experience mm-hmm. like it's unbelievably good like the cutscenes perfectly mesh with the gameplay and oh my god the uncharted storytelling is so freaking good and this this game was somewhere in between all right yeah. I, I, I and think. i think that's like, what it was being pitched as to us like this was like oh it's uncharted star wars it was but it wasn't it right. wasn't at all like i mean it, it it was but like that's like saying that like um, like off-brand candy is as good as like pretzel M and M's. Like, no, it's not. Like, you know, I, I get what you're trying yeah. to say, but it's off-brand candy still, right? So, and this felt in some ways to that. Um, the story, I think, was was the big picture. I actually really, really liked like hunting down the like holocron kids. I mean, given that's a pretty yeah. old trope in Star Wars now, we've seen it a lot. But it's good. Um, I liked it. But I thought it was great. The setup was very, very good. Mm-hmm. The first planet uh, with with Cal on with with his friend that was all done yep. really well. Like I liked the story. Like 
for the most part, I, I had some issues toward the end. Um, it felt like maybe they were a little indecisive of whether there was going to be a sequel to me. Maybe that's an e- interesting way mm-hmm. to put it. Like some of the storytelling decisions, um, you know, major spoilers, guys. Like, let's go ahead and clarify. Oh right yeah, now. This, we didn't say it at the top. This is gonna, we're going into the. I think we've been pretty good so far, but from here on out, if you have not finished Jedi Fallen Order. Um, thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, we'll see you later. Um, right. If you have, keep pushing through. Yes. So you get towards the end of the game. Um, you finally find fight the the is it the ninth second. sister? The second. Okay. Sorry. Wow. You, you, I guess you fight the ninth sister earlier, mm-hmm. right? I'm all mm-hmm. confused about the numbers of the sisters. Whatever. Ninth How many sister sisters is are the there? Giant one. <laughs> yes. Okay. So uh, the second sister, which is one of the main characters in the game, you finally fight her, and then you immediately fight Vader. Like after that, and that was like. That that progression of stuff from where you meet My Mirin Myron Mirin yeah I don't know how you remember all these damn names Eric you're clearly an actor with an excellent memory of this stuff must be it I definitely didn't just research it today that's right yeah, def- <laughs> definitely not all memory baby yes the progression of things that happened before you meet Myron to fighting the second sister to getting your ass kicked by Vader is just like it's like the first quarter of the rise of Skywalker. It's just like boom, 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 boom plot. Like yeah. it's way too much, way too fast. And to me that hurts the game story overall, because up to that point we had a slow pace. You're slowly going between planets. You have clear missions. You have plenty of time to go get all this treasure everywhere and mm-hmm. these freaking ponchos. And like, then suddenly it just all goes really fast, which to me feels like, like, there was more story to tell and they just didn't have the, either the budget or the time or something of that nature to deal with it. Yeah. I, I, I hear what you're saying, especially at the end, one of the biggest missteps of this game for me <clears throat> is in the marketing. Like Vader is in the commercials for this game. And I think that was a giant disservice because I was playing it. And then on like Twitter or Instagram, I Vader comes up. I'm like, wait, Vader's in this game. And it's, yeah. a, it's, and it's an incredible reveal. Like at the end, when you're fighting the second <clears throat> sister, and she's like, oh, she's turning to the light, and then she just freezes, and you're like, wait, what? And then you hear the breathing. Like, it's still a cool moment, but I was kind of expecting Vader to be there the whole time because mm-hmm. of the commercial, which is a bummer. But overall, <laughs> I think the story was pretty good. I li- I, I, I also like the gotta find the holocrons to save the younglings. Like, sure, <laughs> is it a little rote? Have we done it before? Yes, but I like it. I think it was done well. I wish that I would have felt a little more connected to, like, Seer and Grease um, and Mirren. Um, but I think they still did a nice job with them. But I would have liked more, like, oh, I'm going to go on a mission with Seer. Like, a little more Mass Effect style. Again, I, I like RPGs more. This is not an RPG. I do get that. <clears throat> but I would have liked to have a few more character moments with them to to kind of broaden those relationships. Because I think that's what helps Star Wars so much, is yes. the relationships. <clears throat> um, speaking of that, checking in on the chat again, because we got some new people coming in. We got Jose Jimenez. Which is Joxie from our Discord channel. Hello. What's up? What's up, man? Jared Mays. What's up, man? Good to see you. Hi, guys. Oh, awesome good gaming content. Uh, chats going on in there. Talking about the Spider-Man game from earlier this year. That was really good. Agreed. Yeah, that's a that's a great that's a great point Trevor brought up. He said the the comparison in quality. Like, oh my god, the, the I mean that's a good point because the, the the technology on the PS4 is very similar to the original Xbox stuff and. The Spider-Man game was gorgeous on that console, yeah. so I don't know what the hell happened. But. Well, and I think that that's a thing, is that as Star Wars fans, we have a tendency to say, I love this game because it's Star Wars, and then it's blank. Like, I will always love it because it's Star Wars, and that's Absolutely. true, but I also want to judge it based on its own merits. Like, Last right. Jedi, when it came out, was my movie of the year for movies. Not just, it wasn't the best Star Wars movie that came out, it was just the best film, and same things with, yeah. like, 
like things like Master and Apprentice was the best book I read last year. Period. It wasn't just yeah. the best Star. So like when you have a game like this, you're like, it's a good Star Wars game. But as far as other single player games, I still think they have a ways to go. And I, but I do mm-hmm. think they'll get there. So yeah. on that note, Corey, what were some of your favorite moments from the game? What were some of those times where you were just like, oh my god, this is freaking Star Wars? Oh, man, and I there love were it. there were a lot of actually really big moments in the game. Um, I really wish I could have spent a little more pl- time on on the original planet, like the whole scrapyard and thing. Br- was... uh, Bracca, yeah. Bracca, man, Bracca was a really really great Star Wars planet, just in general. Yeah. Like it felt like epic star wars plus it had that i think the most successful stuff in star wars is things that that vaguely tie into existing stuff right and we're like what happened to all the stuff after the clone wars and it had this entire planet with these giant freaking cruisers on it and like people actually like cutting them in half with giant lasers and shit was awesome moment in um uh i forgot what planet it is you guys might correct me in the chat um the planet where you go inside the venator and you get to go through the starship and find like the wrecked Tie Fighters. That's the and main stuff. one. It's the main planet, the one you spend all the time on. Zepho. Zepho. Yeah, it was on oh, Zepho. Okay, yeah. It's. Um, I loved that. I loved going inside the Venator to be like and finding all the clone helmets and all the stuff and being like, oh my god, like yeah, yes, it's it's Wars. really really cool walking around and seeing like like oh this is the hangar bay. I remember what this looks like. Like and that was awesome and fun and. It very the Assassin's Creed kind of feel of that mm-hmm. original planet really did set the tone for the rest of the game and did a really great job of like yeah, those the way were you good have mechanics. to change. I really did like yeah. the climbing and the ju- the platforming mechanics. I really dug um, and using the force with them like jumping and freezing stuff and pulling vines to you and swinging like I thought that was all really cool and that's what I want out of, out of a Star Wars game. You know, I don't want yeah. to just use the force when I fight because Jedi use it all the time. That's right. It was fun. I really enjoyed that part. Um, yeah. The planets in general were really awesome. I really, really like Zepho. Zepho yep. was a great planet. I like Kashyyyk the... a lot. I like climbing the tree. Yeah. And then the the flight mm. on the giant beast down the tree was like was like freaking majestic for me. Yeah, I, I thought really that was. was really great. Yeah, that, that really was too. And even on the quote-unquote bad graphics that we experienced on the original Xbox, Eric, like the... The wide scaping vistas were done really, really well Agreed. and were, were really gorgeous. And I totally agree. The the bird scene was awesome. Also, the similar bird scene on when you're fighting the thing on the on the Night Sister planet on Dathomir. Were you on oh Dathomir? yeah, Dathomir. Yeah, yeah. That whole fight. <laughs> that was awesome. Man, that was a really, really great scene. So there were a lot of really epic feeling moments in the game yeah. that were a ton of fun. So and I really I, liked a lot of and the I stuff. Do you think oddly, despite? Um, <clears throat> how short it was we were talking the ending was kind of abrupt that last sequence with vader might have been my favorite part of the whole game just because i felt like yeah. that was like that was rogue it was one scary vader. yeah it felt it was it like felt really run. freaking scary you're was, gonna die like scary. the tactics in his little bio that came up were just like run yes 100 percent. it was so scary like i i really love how new canon has made vader like so op like please yeah, continue that like <laughs> yes he is so op and it's amazing and he was a really op in this game too yeah. so i really like that um, and then one one last uh, thing I want to talk about before we get into Easter eggs that were kind of fun. Um, the part on Ilum where you have to basically remake a lightsaber and you get a new crystal. <clears throat> I love that. I, I If you guys don't know about me, I love crystal lore. I love kyber crystals. I love the episodes of Clone Wars where the younglings go and um, you know build their lightsabers and go through their trials. So to do that on Ilum was so cool. And Corey, I got to ask, what color is your lightsaber? Or was Cal's? Oh, man. 
I played with a variety of colors. I think mostly I played with, I changed it every single time. I sent you guys pictures of all my lightsabers as I was building them. I changed it like every time I had a chance, I wanted to experience like the full breadth of the game. So Uh I like, I very frequently changed my lightsaber, frequently changed the colors of what clothes I was wearing. Like the whole time I played, like, because I wanted to, I wanted to play different things, different ways. And I think mostly my favorite lightsabers, I guess, were, I think purple, uh, I played with the pink a little bit, and then orange. I think I played most of the game with orange. Orange is pretty good. I thought I was going to do more orange. <clears throat> I ended up doing – I did green on Kashyyyk. Okay. Uh, I did nice. blue on Dathomir. They, it, it depended on the planet. But once I made the new yeah. lightsaber, uh, it was gold all the way. You know me. I love a, I love a yellow nice. lightsaber. Nice, nice, nice. I don't know if I played much with the gold, but I did some, I'm, I'm sure. It was pretty fun. Now, to round up the game part of this, before we get into more of the future lore, uh, did you have any, like, little Easter eggs or, like, little moments that really kind of just made you go, Yes. Oh, my gosh. I, I, like, jumped off my sofa. I told you guys about this, I think, in a previous episode. I don't know if it was in a recording or not. Um, There was a scene. I was on Ilum, and um, you remember how you you can train the droid to do, like, take over other droids and stuff? There's a scene, I'm pretty sure it was on Ilum near the end of the game, where there's a whole bunch of like K2 droids, like the K2SO droid yeah. from uh from Rogue One. There's a whole bunch of those droids. And if you time it right, you can like make your droid jump on top of one of the K2 droids and like like take it over and then kill the other droids and stuff. It's really cool. And I specifically remember this. The music was really epic and it was building up. The music was building up because it was like a it was the climax of Ilum where you're like running away from all the Imperials, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yes, the climax of Ilum, and the music was done really well. It was done that really fast pacing, so you're running through scenes, and the music really correlates with how fast the action's moving. You just got your lightsaber, so you're like a total badass, and um, like like you you've come to this, the the Ilum scene where you get the lightsaber is kind of like the 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 I'm a Jedi now moment. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, about? you basically become a Jedi Knight like right after it, I think, right? Yes, immediately after that, right? So then you're like super powerful, like all your attacks are super OP, it mm-hmm. feels like, and you're just like slicing down Imperials like crazy. So it's in the middle of that. The music was epic. The droid takes over the K2 droid. And when I initiated the command to make the droid do that, um, what's his name? Is it BD? BD1? BD1 our yes, little buddy. B- BD1. He goes, and I lost <laughs> my shit. Like he did that, like with his little droid voice. And I'm like, I don't know if he did that every single time because I didn't use the droid takeover mechanic very often because it was just way more efficient just to kill him with your lightsaber. Right. So I don't know if he does that frequently, but it, it was with the music, with the pace, it just timed so perfectly. I like freaked out. Like Caitlin was like, what is wrong with you? Like I was, it made me so happy. It was the most goofy Easter egg. Like doesn't make any sense in canon that the droid would know this Star Wars song, but oh man, it made me so happy. Yeah. I, BD1, everything with him was so good great i i loved love 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 that little guy he's definitely continuing the grand tradition of canon droids just being incredible i mean he he was he wasn't sassy he wasn't a chopper or k2 or a pook or whatever he had his own personality and he yeah. uh he was the og baby yoda last year all right yeah, as far as the cutest thing in star wars all right so before jedi fallen order got released y'all um we got the first couple issues of a comic book series called jedi fallen order dark temple now, I was the only one of us that read this one, um, so I want to fill you in a little, Corey, on what happened in the comic, and then kind of give you a couple questions on the future of media integration, if you will. So, this comic was a prequel to the game. 
It was five issues, and it followed Seer Junda when she was a Padawan to Master Cordova. Uh, they went to a planet where basically this corporation wants to investigate this temple, but the temple is on land of native people. We all know how that story goes, right? The corporation is going to try to demolish them. The Jedi realized that the natives mm-hmm. are actually trying to get pushed out, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty good, it's a pretty good story. Of Avatar and Pocahontas. Of everything. And, and then there's a bunch of backstabbing that goes wolves. on. Um, <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, but the main parts of this story was that it really got into Seer's aggression. Um, in the first issue, she gets a little too aggressive mm-hmm. on a separate mission, and the council reprimands her for it. Um, and there's a frame story in all of this, which involves the second sister looking for Cal and Seer. And it ends with us finding out how the second sister gets to Pagano. Because she kind of just shows up in the game. Uh, so this tells you how she gets there. And I think this was smart because you don't need it to understand the game. But as I read it, like it had some of the um, the guards, the guard droids from Zepho were in this comic. So oh, you got to see them before you played the game. You got to see who Seer was before the game. You get, So when Cordova showed up in the hologram, I knew who that was, right? So all this stuff was explained in-game, but if you read it, you got a little extra, which is what we always preach at Utini is so great about the expanded universe. It should expand and enhance. It shouldn't be required reading, right? So what I want to ask you, Corey, is mm-hmm. with this vibe of you know releasing a comic based on a game that's coming out and hoping people will kind of be part of both, and with Project Luminous coming up, that's a bunch of different media things working together – do you think this is a sign of where Star Wars is going? Do you think that everything is going to try to integrate? Um, that's hard to say. Uh, it doesn't work well when they try to do that. Like there, because there's just there's just frankly too much money on the line. There's too many people all creating different projects, and I just don't think it works well. I think they try really hard to make it work well, but it's just never super successful. Um, I'm still on the fence of whether I think that. Like when you do a tie-in like this, if it should re- be released before or after a film, because, like, or 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 whatever media we're talking about, before or after a film or a game, because right, honestly, right. I think I think this comic, like, I want to read it now because I played the game. I didn't mm-hmm. give a shit about it before I played the game. So right. maybe if they had released it like now, like after Christmas, like after the game has came out and stuff, like maybe I would be more into buying it and stuff because. But now I feel like I've missed it. I feel like I've missed out on it, and I'm I'm not I'm not like rushing out. You know, I've been buying the comics now, right? Like right. I have a right. comic shop that I get them from and stuff now, and I've like been slowly getting in comics this year, and I feel like I've missed the window to get into that comic. So I'm like, yeah, whatever, I'll catch it when it makes it to a graphic novel or something. So, like, it's it's very interesting how it works in my own head. I don't know how it works for other people. So, I don't know. To answer your question, do I think this is where things are going? I don't know. I don't know. I think this is where they always try to do things, but you have too many companies all doing different shit and they don't talk to each other. You have Disney, right. you have Lucasfilm, you have Del Rey, you have Lucasfilm Press, then you have EA, then you have whatever EA companies they hire to build games like this one did. Right. So like there's just too many thousands of employees to all be expected to communicate to I think carry to do it well, unfortunately. Yeah. I hear that. I think that we've seen it done well in cases like um, like when Solo came out, when Most Wanted came out right after that, and we all said how much we loved that because we had met Kira and Han, and then we got their yeah. how they met. <clears throat> they got that prequel. Yeah. So that was great. That's and then a good point. Resistance Reborn came out right before 9, but that's because we already had 8, so we wanted that lead-in. So I think there's a couple of points where that works. But very interesting about the comic, though, um, that's a great point you make. You know, Now that you've finished the game – if you want more lore, it's there, but it's not necessarily yeah. pressing. So I think that's going to be a continuous experiment that we see. And right. 
on that note, I'll be really interested to see what Luminous does. Like, how what's the yeah. release schedule like? And is it chronological? Right. Is this one story literally that says you need to make sure you read the book because between issues one and three, the, mm-hmm. this book happens sometime after two. So I'm, I wonder if we're yeah. going to get, like, a big Project Luminous timeline in the beginning of books. Cause I'm a slut for timelines, Corey. You know that. Me too, man. Me too. So, we'll build a special... We'll build a special one just for our site. I'll use our engine on our site to do it. Amazing. Well, we'll be yeah. keeping track on uh, how all those products get released in the future. Yeah, I'll put it. I'll put it this way to really simply answer your question. I want my expanded universe to expand on whatever the main thing is. Right. Right. So if it's a film, I need the book to expand on the film. All right. If I've already, if I, if I haven't seen the film yet, how the hell can I expand on it? So all right. Most Wanted would not have been nearly as good if we hadn't seen Solo first. I Great think point. that's the case. And I, I really wonder how a book that doesn't directly tie into a movie like Resistance Reborn would have done immediately following a film. I think it maybe have been more successful financially, and I think we would have gotten a different experience out of that book after having seen the film. Because the big stuff is the most important. Video games and movies are the most important. Yeah, so we'll kind of see how they go, how they decide to release stuff going forward, especially now that we're getting <clears throat> other separate books. I mean, we're getting... A, a Queen's Peril isn't related to literally anything, but they're waiting until the shadow... Uh, no pun intended, of the film is kind of gone. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Uh, so speaking of that future, Corey, mm-hmm. two questions. Number one, they're probably going to make a sequel to this game. We can guess because it's called Jedi colon Fallen Order. I can guess maybe there's Star Wars Jedi colon something else. Mm-hmm. Um, if the next game coming down the pipeline, do you think it'll be a sequel to this game? Do you think it'll feature Cal Kestis as well? Um mm-hmm. Not necessarily what do you want, but what would you I'm going to I'm going to ask you to have expectations for just a second. What do you okay. think it's going to be? Um I think we'll see a sequel to the game. I think we'll see a like a fully realized like sequel to the story, like a fully realized Cal, right? Mm-hmm. Um I think he's <clears throat> come to terms with a lot of it. Like, kind of I think he's going to be like uh, sort of second season Kanan Jarrus of like Rebel. second third season where yep. he's like so you know I am a Jedi right like yeah. so he has Jedi missions he's realized his potential you start out with a little more force powers and your force powers are much more advanced now um, I think we're gonna see um, more of Cal's maybe like like fight with the dark side like his own dark side because this yep. was really about him figuring out that he's a Jedi, right? Yeah, so we didn't and really opening see a lot himself of... back up to the Force, literally. Exactly, exactly. But we didn't see him tempted by the dark side. He wasn't seduced, right? Not, right. not really. So we haven't seen that yet. I would love to see him kind of maybe searching for other Jedi. That would be a really cool That'd story. That'd be a lot of fun. Um, I'd love to see some more uh, like flashbacks with the clones. Like I would love to see like a third of the game, a third, a full third of the game is all flashbacks to Clone Wars where you're fighting droids and shit. That would be amazing. That'd be awesome. I did love those flashbacks. That Order sixty six flashback oh was, my was God. horrifying. The music, oh my God, it was so good. It was my that was my favorite part of the whole game was the Order sixty six stuff. Broke my heart. Broke my okay. heart. Um, I agree. I think that we'll keep going with Cal's story. Um. As he tries to rebuild the Jedi Order, I would love to see him maybe... I mean, this is my go-to answer for everything. Can someone run into Ahsoka? What's she doing? Can someone, at some point, just run into her? Please. Um, I know. But hey, we may have more to talk about that as the year goes on, if rumors prove to be true. But we'll, we'll tackle right. that in a far future episode. Last thing, folks. I did promise you a stupid game. And boy, do I deliver when I say I have a stupid game. Guys, I told us... Charles got out of this because he's at the hospital. Boo on him. Um, 
we love books here. We love future books here. We love books based around properties here. So I said, if we each had to pitch a book that was based around this game, what would it be? All right. So here, Corey, I'm going to go first. I'm going to I'm gonna take this, this first slot. Do it. I was thinking, what is uh, not necessarily, you know, an obvious choice, right? Not Not... Not what's the first thing I thought of. I thought about it for a bit. What's some characters that I would like to explore it a little more? What do I want expanded, if you will, in this universe? And I came down on Marin, right? I want to know more about this Night Sister. So what I've decided in my brain is a book called The End of Night. And it's a book that's all about Marin dealing with the death of all the Night Sisters, right? She's like the last one, essentially. And I want her on Dathomir, figuring out what she does on this planet. How does the planet react to this loss of life, to all these sisters who have cultivated the dark side energy? I want to know what the Knight Brothers are like, uh, what that, like, the politics of that are like that are different than just, Jedi, kill him, you know? (laughs) So I want it from her point of view because I found her super fascinating, but we didn't get enough time. So I want the end of Night book, starring the Knight Sister, going all around Dathomir, talking to the Knight Brothers, and I want it to be written... By Delilah Dawson, I think she would rock that book. Interesting. What do you think? Looks like uh, looks like Wes is joining us here for a second. Here, let me mute him so he doesn't steal our camera again. <clears throat> um, I would love to see a. Uh, I would love to see some more information about the Inquisitors personally. Um, oh yeah, we got, a, we got a little. We got a big look at them in in the Rebels TV show, and I joke all the time. The worst thing has ever happened in Star Wars animation is the Inquisicopters. <laughs> <laughs> I freaking hate those lightsabers so much. I cringe every single time I see them. So the Inquisitor—I never even heard that term. I saw it on Reddit a while back. Inquisitor—I'm like, damn, that's 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 beautiful. Um, I would love to see like uh, second sisters fall to the dark side and yeah. like like really see like her training as an Inquisitor, to her coming to terms with the fact that all the Jedi are dead and she's b- being tasked with hunting them down, like. Uh, maybe even some more of the uh, uh, what's the main guy? What's his, what's this guy called? The, the main Grand Inquisitor? Inquisitor. The Grand Inquisitor. Yeah, maybe some yeah. of his story. But we've gotten virtually nothing from that, other than what we what little we saw in Rebels. Yeah, we got. Like, Rebels. How many of them are there? Are there fifty? Are there a hundred? Like we got a small look at them in uh, the comics as well. Yep, but still, the Charles Soul not... Darth Vader comic. You got a little bit there, but right. a, a little bit of like what what's a new Inquisitor's <laughs> life like? What is what is the the idea of, of constantly being pulled toward the light and saying no and having to push that back and push that right. back and push that like, back and dealing with the dealing with the fear of Darth Vader like feeling like they're all going to be just destroyed by Darth Vader at any given moment like that would be a really captivating novel I think so I would love to see something like that. I agree. That sounds awesome. Huh. Well, folks, we went a little long this episode, but you know what? There's too much freaking good Star Wars happening. That's why. Uh, so before we get out of here, I want to say thank you to everyone in the chat. Um, again, blowing up as it usually does. Thank you all so much for hanging out and your awesome comments, your awesome conversations. To everyone that's listening on Thursday on Patreon, we love you. Thank you. If you're listening on Friday on the main feed, we love you. Thank you. Our listenership keeps growing each week. Um, our episode numbers keep growing, and we love that you're listening to the content, and we're going to keep trying to push stuff out. But on that, my friends, 
That's going to do it for this week's episode of The Living Force. Again, if you're new, don't forget to subscribe to this show wherever you get your podcast. Tune in every week where we'll be talking about the Star Wars Expanded Universe. And if you're looking to buy some of the books we talked about, you want to help support the show, look up your book on Utini, click the Amazon link in the profile, and we'll have a few cents to keep the lights on. If you'd like to help us out more directly, you can find us on patreon.com slash Utini or on TeePublic, where our brand new We Are Brave Your Highness shirt is up, featuring our favorite handmaidens. If you are an Inquisitor tier or up, head over to Patreon right now to join us for Aftermath, our exclusive after-show hangout. A special thank you to Adam Dyson and Patrick Ortiz on our Jedi High Council, and Timothy Dunlap on our Alliance High Command for their amazing support. You can find us individually on Twitter at Eric Eilerson, Corey's at DocStarWarsMD, Charles is at C. Henkel. A special thank you to Matt Davenport, our amazing editor, Freddie, our producer, and Wes, who came in at the last minute of our community manager. Thank you to Corey for podcasting with me. And as always, may the Force be with you. There is no hatred. There is joy. There is no division. There is union. There is no apathy. There is passion. There is no gatekeeping. There is community. This is the Utini Star Wars Fan Code. Embrace it, live by it, and above all, trust in the living force. That's all for this week. Join our community and surround yourself with like-minded fans by visiting us online at utini.com. Until next time, may the force be with you.